You are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney. And throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group page, and you'll be able to then share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. If you would like to support this free podcast, I invite you to head on over to Venmo, and you can send a tip to the handle Mystical City of God. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent your missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 337, and we are reading from Volume 4, Book 8, Chapter 7, Paragraphs 519 to 532. 519. All this was darkly known and intimated to Lucifer and his demons before this heavenly woman, and living sign was hidden away from their sight. The knowledge of her destiny took away the confidence which, for more than five thousand years, had inspired the dragon with the hope of being able to vanquish her, who was the mother of the incarnate word. Hence the despair and torment of Lucifer and his demons can to a certain extent be imagined, especially as they now saw themselves overcome and held bound by the very woman, whom they had, with such insane fury, sought to cast down from grace and deprive of the merits and fruits of the church." The dragon, in agonizing efforts to escape, said, O woman, give me leave to hurl myself into hell, for I cannot bear thy presence, nor will I ever venture to come before thee as long as thou livest upon the world. Thou hast conquered, O woman, thou hast conquered, and I acknowledge the power in him who has made thee his mother. Omnipotent God, chastise us thyself, since we cannot resist thee, but do not send thy punishments through a woman of a nature so inferior to ours. Her charity consumes us, Her humility crushes us, and she is in all things a living manifestation of thy mercy for men. This is a torment surpassing many others. Assist me, ye demons. But alas, what can our united efforts avail against this woman, since all our power cannot ever deliver us from her presence until she herself casts us forth? O foolish children of Adam, who follow me, forsaking life for the sake of death, truth or falsehood, what absurdity and insanity is yours, so in despair I must confess, since you have in your midst and belonging to your own nature an incarnate word and this woman. Greater is your ingratitude than mine, and this woman forces me to confess the truths which I abhor with all my heart. Cursed be my resolve to persecute this daughter of Adam, who so torments and crushes me. 520. While the dragon thus gave vent to his despair, the prince of the heavenly hosts, St. Michael, appeared in order to defend the cause of the incarnate word 
and his most blessed mother, and by the arms of the understanding, they began another battle with the dragon and his followers. Apocalypse 12.7 St. Michael and his angels hurled at them the convincing arguments of old, reproaching them with their pride and disobedience in heaven, and with their temerity in persecuting and tempting the incarnate word and his mother, and contending with those in whom they had no part or right, whatever, since they could accuse them of no sin, injustice, or imperfection. St. Michael justified the works of the divine justice, declaring them most righteous and unblameable chastisements for the disobedience and apostasy of Lucifer and the demons. Anew, they anathematized them and confirmed the sentence of their damnation, confessing the Almighty as holy and just in all his works. The demon and his angels, on the other hand, likewise tried to defend their rebellion and the audacity of their pride, but all their reasonings were false, vain, and full of diabolical presumption and error. 5.21 A silence ensued in the altercation, and the Lord of hosts spoke to the Most Holy Mary, my mother and my beloved, chosen from the creatures by my eternal wisdom for my habitation and holy temple. Thou hast given me human form and restored the human race. Thou hast followed me, imitated me, and merited the graces and gifts communicated to thee above all my creatures, and thou hast never permitted them to be unprofitable in thee. Be thou the worthy object of my infinite love, the protection of my church, its queen, mistress, and governess. To thee is commissioned my power, and as the Almighty God I placed it in thy most faithful disposal. In virtue of it do thou command the infernal dragon, that as long as thou shalt live in thy church, he shall not sow the seed of error and heresy, which he holds in readiness. Cut off his hardened neck, crush his head, for during these days of thy life I desire that the church shall derive this advantage from thy presence. 5.22 The Most Holy Mary executed this command of the Lord, and as queen and mistress enjoined the infernal dragons to become mute and powerless, to spread their false doctrines among the faithful, and that as long as she was to live upon earth, none of them were to presume to deceive mortals by their heretical tenets and doctrines. And so it happened. For although the demon in his wrath and vengeance had intended to pour out this poison in the church, the Lord, for the sake of his love of the Heavenly Mother, hindered it during her lifetime. After her glorious transition, permission was given to the demon to spread his heresies because the sins of men subjected them to the just judgments of the Lord. 5.23 Thereupon, as St. John says, the great dragon, the ancient serpent called Satan and devil, was cast forth, and with his demons banished from the presence of the queen. Their chains were lengthened, and they fell upon the earth, where they were permitted to remain. The voice of the archangel was heard in the cenacles, saying, now is come the salvation, the strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of Christ. Because the accuser of our brother is cast forth, he accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you that dwell therein. Woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. Apocalypse 12.10. By these words, the angel proclaimed that in virtue of the victories and triumphs of the Most Blessed Mary, united to those of her Son and Savior, the reign of God, his church, and the effects of the redemption of man were assured to the just. All this he called the salvation, the strength, and the power of Christ. And as without doubt, if the Most Blessed Mother had not overcome the infernal dragon, 
This impious and powerful enemy would have hindered the effects of the redemption. Therefore, this voice of the angel resounded victoriously at the conclusion of the battle. And at his casting forth unto the earth and the sea, he congratulated the saints, because now the head and the plottings of the demon by which he slandered them were crushed. And the angel calls them brethren, because of the relationship with the angels through the soul, through grace and glory. 5.24 The calumnies by which the devil persecuted and accused the mortals were the illusions and deceits by which he expected to pervert the beginnings of the evangelical church and, and his appeals to the justice of God, alleging that men, through their ingratitude and wickedness and by their having taken away the life of Christ the Savior, did not merit redemption or mercy, but deserved to be punished by leaving them to their own sinfulness and to the darkness of eternal damnation. Against all these accusations, however, Mary, as our most sweet and kind mother, rose up in our defense, meriting for us faith, and it spread, the abundance of mercies and gifts accruing to us from the death of her son, all of which the sins of those that crucified him and the others that were not receive him have indeed failed to deserve. The angel, by his prediction of woe, warns the inhabitants of the earth to be prepared for the serpent, which now descended to them in such great wrath. For without a doubt this dragon knows that he has little time for wrecking his fury upon men, since he has learned of the mysteries of redemption, the power of the Most Holy Mary, the abundance of grace and wonderful favors in the primitive church. From all these facts he suspects that the end of the world is at hand, or that all men will follow Christ our Lord and avail themselves of the intercession of his mother to gain eternal life. Alas! that men themselves should be more foolish and ungrateful than even the demon himself dare to think. 5.25 In further explanation of these mysteries, the evangelist states that when the dragon saw himself cast upon the earth, he attempted to persecute the mysterious woman who had brought forth the man-child. But to her were given two wings of a great eagle, in order that she might fly into the solitude or desert where she was nourished for a time and for two times, and for the half of a time, hidden away from the sight of the serpent. And therefore the serpent cast forth after the woman a great river to overwhelm her if possible. By these words, the wrath of Lucifer against God, his mother, and the church are more definitely declared, for as far as this dragon is concerned, he never permits his envy to slumber, his pride to weaken, or his malice to sleep in tempting anew this queen, as long as he has power and permission. But they were taken from him in regard to the queen, and hence it is said that two wings were given to her for flying into the desert, where she is nourished during the stated times. These wings were the divine power of ascending to the vision of the deity given to Mary, and of descending to distribute the treasures of grace to men, as we shall describe in the next chapter. 526. From that time on, the serpent had no power to tempt Mary in person. Wherefore, it is said that her solitude or desert is removed from the sight of the demon. The times and the time and a half of a time are three years and a half, which contain the thousand two hundred and sixty, less a few days as mentioned before. In this state, and in others yet to be spoken of, the most blessed Mary spent the rest of her mortal life. But since the dragon was forced to give up tempting her, he shot forth the blood of his venomous malice after the heavenly woman. For after her victory he sought astutely to tempt the faithful and to persecute them, through aid of the Jews and Gentiles. And especially after her glorious transition into heaven did he loosen the flood of his heresies and false schisms locked up within himself. 
The threats which he uttered after her victory referred to the war he intended to wage against men in order to avenge himself upon her. For being now able to vent his rage upon the person of the queen, he resolved to continue it against those whom the lady loved so much. 527. Hence, St. John says that the dragon proceeded to make war upon the others, and who are of her generation and seed, who observe the law of God and have the testimony of Christ. And the dragon stood upon the stands of the sea. Namely, he relied upon the countless infidels, idolaters, Jews, and pagans, through whom he has made and does make war upon the Holy Church. Besides secretly waging the war of temptation against the faithful, but the solid and firm set earth, which is the immutability of the church and the imperishable Catholic truth helps the mysterious woman because she opens her mouth and swallows and absorbs the flood poured out against her by the serpent. And so it happened in reality since the Holy church, which is the organ and the mouthpiece of the Holy ghost has condemned and overthrown all the heirs, the false sects and the doctrines by her definitions, by her Holy scriptures, by the decrees of her councils, by the teachings of her doctors, instructors, and preachers of the gospel. 5.28 All these mysteries, and many others, the evangelist imitates and describes under the image of the battle and triumph of Most Holy Mary, in order to end the conflict. Though Lucifer was already cast from heaven and given over, fettered in chains into the hands of the victorious queen, the great lady perceived it to be the will of the Lord, her divine son, that she hurl him and his hosts into the infernal caverns. Fortified and strengthened by God, she released them and commanded them immediately to depart into hell. As soon as she pronounced the word, all the demons fell into the most distant caverns of hell, where they remained for some time, giving forth terrible and despairing howls. Then the holy angel sang new hymns to the incarnate word on account of his victories and those of his invincible mother. The first parents, Adam and Eve, gave thanks to God because he chose this, their daughter, for his mother, and thus repaired the ruin they had caused to their posterity, the patriarchs, because their great expectations and prophecies were so happily and gloriously fulfilled. St. Joachim and St. Anne and St. Joseph, with still greater jubilee, glorified the Almighty for their daughter and spouse, and all of them together sang the glory and praise of the Most High, so holy and admirable in his counsels. The Most Blessed Mary prostrated herself before the throne and adored the Incarnate Word, offering herself anew to the labor for the Church and asking His blessings, which she received with admirable effects. She asked also her parents and her spouse for their blessing, recommending the Holy Church and all the faithful to their prayers. Thereupon the whole celestial gathering took their leave and returned to heaven. Instruction which Mary, the Queen of the Angels, gave me. 529. My daughter, with the rebellion of Lucifer and his demons in heaven, have commenced the battles between the kingdom of light and that of darkness, between Jerusalem and Babylon. And these battles will not cease to the end of the world. The captain and head of the children of light in the incarnate word as the author of holiness and grace, and Lucifer as the author of sin and perdition, has constituted himself as the leader of the children of darkness. Each one of these chieftains defends his followers and seeks to increase his reign and the number of his adherents. Christ seeks to draw men to himself by the truths of the divine faith, by the favors and gifts of grace, by the holiness of his virtues, by his consolations and labors, and by certain hope of his promised happiness, commanding his angels to accompany, to console, and defend them until they should be able to bring them to heaven. 
Lucifer, on the other hand, gains his followers by lies, deceits, and treachery, by the allurements of ignominious and abominable vices, by darkness and confusion. He treats them in this life by like a tyrant, afflicting them relentlessly and depriving them of all consolation. While in the next life, he holds in readiness for them eternal and horrible torments, which he himself and through his demons shall inflict upon him with inhuman cruelty, as long as God is God. 5.30 But alas, in spite of this truth, so infallible and so well known to mortals, in spite of the infinite difference of the recompense, how few my daughters are the soldiers that follow Christ as their legitimate Lord, as their king, their chief, and their model, and how numerous are those that band with Lucifer, who gives them no existence, no life, who affords them no nourishment, nor any return, who deserves nothing in any way, obliges them, as was and is the case with the author of life and grace, my divine Son. So great is the ingratitude of men, so foolish their infidelity, so unhappy their blindness, merely because God has given men freedom of will, either to follow their master or not to show themselves thankful or not. They side with Lucifer and serve him freely, permit him to enter the house of God and his temple, that he may tyrannically confuse and profane it, and draw after him the greater part of the world to his eternal torments. 5.31 This conflict will last to the end because the Prince of Eternity, on account of his infinite goodness, will not cease to defend the souls he created and redeemed by his blood. But not only he himself battles with the dragon, nor only through his angels, for it redounds to the greater glory and exaltation of his name. If he overcomes the enemies and confounds their pride through the human creatures in whom they seek to avenge themselves upon the Lord, I, being a mere creature next to my son, the true God, was the leader and sovereign in these battles. Although through his passion and death, he vanquished the demons who had become very haughty by the dominion of sin, inaugurated among men by Adam. Yet after he and I in his name had triumphed over the enemies and through our victories established the church in such high perfection and holiness, the church would have persevered and Lucifer would have remained crushed, as I have said before. If the ingratitude of the forgetfulness of men had not impelled him anew toward the perdition and ruin of the whole globe. 532. Nevertheless, my divine son did not forsake the church which he had acquired by his blood, nor have I, as its mother and protectress, forsaken it. And we continue to look within it for some souls to defend the glory and honor of God and fight the battles against hell for the confusion and crushing of the demons. Hence I wish thee to dispose thyself by divine grace for this battle and not to wonder at the strength of the demon, nor to be downcast at thy misery and poverty. Thou knowest that the wrath of Lucifer against me was greater than against any of the creatures, and greater than against all of them together, but by the power of the Lord. I vanquished him gloriously, and thou in the same power canst resist him in thy smaller temptations. Although thou mayest be weak and wanting in what is required, I wish thee to understand that my divine Son acts now as a king, who is short of subjects and soldiers, and will admit any one who wishes to serve in his army. Encourage thyself then to conquer Satan in present matters, for then the Lord will afterwards arm thee for greater battles. I tell thee that the church would not be entangled in its present difficulties if a number of the souls belonging to it had taken upon it themselves to defend the cause and honor of God. But the church stands very much alone and forsaken by the children 
whom nourished at its own bosom. This concludes our reading today for day number 337. We've been reading from Volume 4, Book 8, Chapter 7, Paragraphs 519 to 532. The Church has power itself against evil by the very sacraments we celebrate. In every baptism, there's an exorcism. The Church is powerful in communicating the gospel. And if when we hear the gospel proclaimed, and if we began to live it, well, then we would begin to conquer evil in our life. Today, Maria of Agreda says this, And so it happened in reality. Since the Holy Church, which is the organ and the mouthpiece of the Holy Ghost, has condemned and overthrown all the errors, the false sects and doctrines by her definitions, by holy scriptures, by the decrees of her councils, by the teachings of her doctors, instructors, and preachers of the gospel. So the, this is the way by which the church has been victorious, kind of thinking of different heresies as they emerge. And so the church addresses and overthrows the error. So for us, I think it's important for us to equip ourselves with the Holy Scriptures, to know the teachings of the church, and to read the writings of the saints. I think those three things can be powerful when added to the sacramental life of the church and also then the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The instruction of Our Lady today said that Christ seeks to draw men to himself by the truths of his divine faith, by the favors and gifts of his grace, by the holiness of his virtues, by his consolation and labors, and by the certain hope of his promised happiness, commanding his angels to accompany, to console, and defend them until they should be able to bring them to heaven. This is what Jesus wants to do. Jesus always was drawing people to him. Jesus was always inviting. Jesus was always sending out the apostles so that others might be invited. Let Jesus and his message be attractive to you in your life today. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.